Friday, everyone. Welcome to Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Barad. I'm your host, Michelle Barad, founder and CEO of Urban Book Editor. And I'm really pleased to share this hour with you, where we examine all those places where spirit meets life and the joys and challenges that may bring. You guys know I like to start by thanking Ms. Beverly Black and Tribe Family Channel for helping me create this space for us. Tribe Family Channel is home to an assortment of thought-provoking shows that explore life, spirit, business, and culture, including The Woman at the Well, hosted by Ms. Beverly Black herself. Somewhere in the Middle was born on Tribe Family Channel. And though we have grown onto our own platform, we are ever grateful and loyal to our roots. To paraphrase an African proverb, we are here only because we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. I wanna say thank you to my guest on the October 21st, 2022 show, Sam Thiara, founder and chief motivating officer at Ignite the Dream Coaching and Consulting. You can connect with Sam on social media and at his website, sam-thiara.com. That's S-A-M-T-H-I-A-R-A.com. If you missed that show, make sure you listen to the replay. You can find our complete show archives, including the October 21st show at the somewhere in the middle podcast.com. I also want to shout out Bruce George of the Genius is Common movement, which encourages all of us to embrace our inner genius and share it with the world. It is really important that we share this message with the kids, but it's not just for the kids. We grownups need to be reminded that the world needs our genius too. Learn more about the Genius is Common movement at www.geniusiscommon.com. Now, this month's guest is really interesting. He helps men grow through their experiences. Christopher Burns dedicates his life to coaching men to activate their purpose, power, and prosperity. He has been coaching men, entrepreneurs, leaders, and professionals for almost a decade and works with clients one-on-one, in-group coaching, home study courses, and hosts live events, retreats, and masterminds. Christopher's company coaches and teaches men through the Mastered Man curriculum, where men create their purpose manifesto, start to master the skill of channeling power, download and relieve their prosperity codes, and implement the transcendence blueprint so they can leave their greatest legacy. He has interviewed 800 leaders, influencers, and experts, sharing powerful growth strategies, mindsets, and teachings to empower his audience to find the bigger answers to life, resulting in over half a million views and podcast downloads. Today, Christopher is the host of the Mastering the Man Within podcast and the founder of The Men Mastermind, a brotherhood dedicated to empowering men to become the ultimate creators of their reality, designing and living a life of success and fulfillment in every area of life that matters most to them. As Christopher says, it's time to level up. So I'd like to welcome Christopher Burns to Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Brevard. Uh, Christopher, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Michelle. It's an honor to be here. Well, I'm really excited. I think I told you already, I kind of studied up on you a little bit and listened to some other interviews with you. And you're really an interesting person. And what you do is, I think, extraordinarily valuable. So I would like to get into that by asking you two questions. Christopher Burns, who are you? And how Mm. did you become who you are today? Mm. (sighs) 
who I am is a conduit, a conduit for life force energy, for God, for the universe, for source, for creator to move through me and experience this reality uh, from a human's perspective. And uh, I am I'm just a piece of the greater whole. I have my own sovereignty, quote unquote, my own choices and, and uh, decisions and what I prefer and all these things as Christopher Burns. And I'm constantly also reconnecting to who am I, the, the greater I am, the greater we are uh, as, a, as a humanity, as, as a universe. And so um, there's so many dimensions to that question. <laughs> and uh, I, like to, I like to just say that if it weren't for God moving through us, then uh, we wouldn't be, you know? And so I, I really like to acknowledge that and say that whatever is the highest will of, of all of us, um, that's what's being done. And I, I trust that. And I have faith in that, that that's being uh, lived out and carried out through each of us in our own unique ways. So that's who I am today. And I definitely was not always like this. <laughs> I was not. I was not. Um, so I grew up with a kind of Christian upbringing with my parents. And around the teen years, middle teens, I wanted to rebel. I wanted to claim my own sovereignty. I wanted to be my own man and always felt kind of inferior to my dad. He was uh, 6'2", I'm like 5'9", so I like compared myself height-wise. He had bigger muscles. I was like this the shrimpy, scrawny little white boy, you know, in my eyes. Uh, and uh, deep down inside, I, I felt like at some level that there was something wrong with me. I'm a loser. I don't belong, whatever, whatever it might be. And um, so I, I started off very insecure, very afraid of the world, very not confident. I was not a effective communicator. I was not meant to speak in public. I was not speaking in public. I was uh, doing my best to hide. And I hid in my room. I played video games. That was my, my life. Um, and like I said, I was also rebelling at the same time uh, against my parents. And so I decided, well, I'm going to be an atheist. I'm going to go out and party and go to raves and, you know, do what I want when I want. And uh, no one's going to tell me anything about it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I experienced some pain, Michelle, a lot, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, uh, doing that, uh, feeling disconnected, feeling unclear on like, I didn't feel love. I, I closed myself off to love and to, to receiving uh, blessings and, and connection and uh, I actually wound up in jail a couple times. Uh, thankfully, nothing serious ever happened. Um, but one of the the last time, I uh, I was in San Bernardino County Prison in Southern California, and uh, I was there for two days. And I was praying to to something to God. I was at this place of surrender, of humility, saying, "I am I am screwing up my life." I got my electrical engineering degree. I had learned about personal development. I was doing good things to, to move in the right direction, but I was still in that rebellious, uh, angry, resentful, wounded little boy living from that perspective. And um, I, I just humbled myself and said, God, I'm, I'm, I clearly have no idea what I'm doing. And uh, I've, I've wound myself up in a really scary situation. So um, if you can get me through this phase of my life, if you, if you get me out of this, if you uh, get me to where I'm supposed to go next, I promise I will dedicate the rest of my life to being a better version of myself, the best version of myself, and supporting others in doing that same thing. And uh, so fast forward, I, I get out of prison, the two days that I was in prison, and um, the charges were dropped, case was dismissed, and I just start cleaning up my life. 
I go to Toastmasters, do way more personal development, hire my first life coach. And um, there's just a lot of transformation that happens in there. But um, I would say that that was kind of the, the big thing that catalyzed me uh, to become the polar opposite. I experienced so much pain in that rock bottom moment of potentially having my freedom taken away the rest of my life taking away potential felony, you know, all these things was, was like at, at stake. And, um, like I said, I, I was, I was, there was angels, you know, guiding me through that, that season in my life and, uh, helped me to get to where I am today. Okay. You said two words that really jumped out at me. And you, one of them, you said a couple of times, you said conduit. Mm. That seems like a really significant way of viewing yourself and life in general. Tell me more about that. Yeah, yeah. So if if we see life as one big organism, earth as one big organism, right? It's like, I'm, I'm an appendage, I'm a finger, I'm an arm, I'm a hand of God. And God or universe, source, earth, whatever, I, I don't care what we call it. It's more about what's the essence, what's, what's the infinite intelligence that's moving through it. And so for me, I, I, I've came, came from this place of being so egoistic and thinking, oh, like as a human being, I, I'm so powerful, right? And it, it just didn't work for me, Michelle. And it, it was frustrating. And it's like, yes, I'm powerful. And there's something a lot more powerful that I can tap into and, and lean on and have faith in that will, will create a lot more happiness for me. It'll, it'll allow me to serve more people. It'll get myself out of my own way. And so when I say being that conduit, you know, like literally life force is moving through us. We, we see our flesh and bones and this physical 3d thing, but there's, there's some, something so much bigger than that operating us. Right. And, and you may have heard of uh, Krillian photography and it's this, this thing that you can look at the energetic, uh, energetic emissions of our, of anything really. Uh, but we can look at it uh, at our body and see that energetic body that exists beyond just the physical thing. And I've uh, studied quantum physics to some degree. And, you know, understanding how, how this universe makes itself up, our, our cells in our body, and then diving even deeper into the atoms and, and what makes up an atom. We used to think it was this solid thing, but we're actually finding out it's really just energy and it's, it's waves and, and, and particles, you know? And uh, so it's like the more I explore into this, the more I'm convinced that it's, it's not about this 3D thing. It's, there's, there's some life force, some greater intelligence that's moving through us to allow us to uh, express ourselves and experience ourselves as human beings for, for whatever reason, right. For its entertainment, for, for whatever purposes. And so I'm, I'm just here to, to be that conduit and, and get out of the way of the way of, of uh, God in that highest consciousness. So I think this is really interesting because I was married to an electrical engineer at one point. <laughs> and I would not consider him to be the most spiritual of people when at certainly, I mean, we married in, in college. And so I would at that stage of our lives, certainly not have considered him to be a particularly spiritual um, or even introspective in some ways mm -hmm. person, because you guys, y'all think numbers, y'all think circuits. I, I, you know, I, I know how electrical engineers think. And this seems to me like quite a departure from that traditional way that you all are trained to think yep. in college, right? So how, 
how did that happen? I mean, it, it couldn't have just been, hey, I was, I was in jail. I started praying. There had to have been more to that whole exploration. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So there's a couple of big components. I don't know if you've heard of human design, uh, but it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely something that I've been looking into and studying more. My wife is in love with it. My mentor uh, teaches about soul science and, and has integrated it really deeply. But uh, from what I understand, I'm a quote unquote one, three. And so this, this means that uh, the one is like, I'm really detail oriented and uh, I, I love details. So that's kind of that, that um, engineering bent. And then the three, is more of like the experience uh, oriented being the experimenter the the person who goes out and tries things so i i believe i have a really af affinity for details and and like why do things work the way that they do kind of thing and also that curiosity of i'm going to go experience it and so the first part of my life I, I believe I modeled my dad a lot because he was a computer programmer and he he loved computers and I loved computers because I saw him loving computers and I loved to build computers and then when I got to college Michelle I was I was really actually disenchanted with becoming an engineer like I I was like what I don't I do not want to spend the rest of my life doing this and and not to be a jerk or, or rude or anything like that but I felt like uh, a loser being a nerd right like I didn't I that didn't feel fulfilling for me it didn't feel like fun of course now I know well hey it's it's awesome to be smart and intelligent and you know you can have additional skills you can be able to communicate be able to lead um but so I, I found myself in this place of feeling like a nerd and a loser. And I'm like, okay, complete opposite spectrum. Let's go. And so that's why I think I entertained that partying season in my life so much is because I wanted to be cool. I was like desperate and hungry to be cool, to be cool on the outside to other people. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happened was I graduated college, had this rock bottom moment. And I said, there's something that I'm not, I'm not tuned in with. And so the pain of, of like, the pain and suffering of that experience said, okay, something is not right here. Let's slow down. Let's stop. Let's, let's turn inward. Right. I had a, I had a reason. I had a compelling reason to turn inward and start looking at the details within me. And I also had this experiential bent to me to say, I, I I'm here to experience what is within me rather than conceptually get it. It's like, it's okay. If I get tied up in my brain. And I have done that, like overanalyzing, overthinking, things like that. But I also have this aspect of me that's like, no, I, I want to go experience the exhilaration of dancing, of being at a music festival, of riding dirt bikes. Like I love dirt bikes when I was growing up. And uh, I, I love this, this adrenaline rush of living life on the edge uh, and experiencing it while also being able to, to look at those details. So I think every individual is different, but I was not born to be an engineer, so to speak, and stay there. I was, I was born to be this dynamic individual that brings in emotional intelligence and awareness of, of myself. And that's kind of what I did. I really spent the next couple of years mastering the feminine, listening, being, being intuitive, being, being in tune with my emotional intelligence and, and connecting with people. And uh, I felt like the masculine 
kind of dropped out of my life. I didn't, I didn't feel like I was being a, a powerful man in a lot of ways, you know, looking back, I felt like unworthy and not powerful and things like that, but I was really nurturing that feminine. So now I've swung, swung back because I have a, a wife and a family that I'm building and leading these men to uh, really committing and devoting myself to what does it mean to be a man? What is it? What is that masculine role in our life? And how do we bring masculine and feminine into a balance so that we can all thrive? See, now that's something that's really, I think, important for all of us to understand is that there's no such thing as just masculine and just feminine. There is this ideal of some sort of balance and it may look different for different people, right? Yep. yep. But in our society here in the United States, I can't speak to Europe and different places, but it seems to me that right now there's a huge focus on dealing with toxic masculinity. Mm. And I can't help but wonder, because as a woman, I, I like certain things about men, the, mm-hmm. some of the stereotypical things about men, um, because I think that they complement some of those stereotypical things about women. And they're stereotypes because there may be some basis in truth. They're not the absolute, they're not com- you know, the complete truth, but there may be some basis in truth in some of these things. For example, men tend to be physically stronger than women typically for upper body strength, let's say. Right. I like men picking up heavy things for me. Yep, yep. <laughs> and, and I worry that the, the focus on t- what they're calling toxic masculinity sometimes maybe goes overboard into targeting masculinity in general, how does, how does your program, I mean, I know you work with men, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you help men to step up and become the men that they are intended to be. How does your program help with balancing that male and female energy, that masculine, that feminine energy within them, but also how they can present it to the world in a way that's safe for them and makes other people feel safe? Yeah. Yeah. Such a, such a great question. So for me, I find that having sacred spaces where men are able to uh, express themselves, like we just had a, a workshop in here in Vegas, when was it? About a week ago, a little over a week ago. And one of the things that we supported the men with is expressing rage, pent up rage, pent up anger, pent up uh, stuck emotion within them uh, and, and their authority as well, their voice speaking their truth. And uh, when men can have a safe place to do that with other men, and, uh, you know, we were, we were giving it to each other and receiving it from each other. So, you know, they were, we were expressing rage, looking at another guy in his, in his eyes and, and, you know, going all in, expressing that, that anger or yelling or whatever it might be, and then he would give it right back to us. And we would recognize that uh, it's actually, it's, it's not dangerous to us uh, if we express it in a healthy way. In a healthy way. What is dangerous, Michelle, is when people uh, ignore that it's there or they try to suppress it. They try to depress it. They try to uh, pretend that it doesn't exist. And so what men need more than ever is standing in our authentic truth and, and feelings and emotions and being, being real. And uh, I think a lot of men are, are trying to operate in this um, frame of, of being perfect, having it all together, not being vulnerable, not, be, not being seen as weak. And, uh, and, and in that it causes a unhealthy expression, which can result in, in you know, terrible things happening and, and people being abused and things like that. 
And uh, so for me, it's, it's important that we come back to, hey, emotions in themselves are not bad. They're not wrong. They're not unhealthy. In fact, it's the best thing when we can express them in a healthy way, in a constructive way, when we can yell into a pillow, when we can vent to a friend, when we can uh, you know, go to a punching bag and punch it out or yell or uh, all kinds of different exercises that we can do to transmute that stuck stored energy into flow, into freedom. Because um, it's imagined like this, if you have a, a, a tank, and it's filled up 99% with stuff in it, and you try to like put more in it, it's not it's not going to work out, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna overflow. And so that's what a lot of men are walking around like, like 99% full, ready to explode, explode, ready to burst. And we keep trying to stuff more information, experiences, uh, you know, whatever it might be down inside emotions, stuff it down inside. And so I think that's, that's really the big thing that I'm a stand for is uh, having men reconnect with their emotions in a healthy way. So it doesn't blow up. And so when I hear toxic masculinity, I hear men who have not been taught how to process emotions in a healthy way. I hear men who have um, poor role models in their life, poor male role models, uh, showing them what it means to be a man. I, I hear men who are operating from a, a place of trauma and woundedness, and um, they're coping. They're typically coping, right? It's like it's coping with life and the stress and the pressure in some way. And that can look a lot of different ways. I talk a lot about addictions, addictions to, you know, porn or drugs or shopping or food or whatever, sex, right? Whatever it is, like there's all these things that a man can use to, uh, to, to release that pent up tension and anxiety. But the best ones, um, you know, working out is great, but it doesn't get to the core issue doesn't doesn't get to what's happening deep inside and putting words to it and expressing that. And I think that's that's a challenge is um, a lot of modern society is programming men to to see themselves as bad and wrong as as the the villain, right? And toxic masculinity and and uh, it's it's unfortunate, but it's it's where we're at. So it's like what can we do now? What we can do now is be a better embodiment of a conscious man. What does that mean? It means knowing who you are. It means having healthy practices to express yourself. It means standing in your truth, not being a pushover, right? Because on the on the other side of that, you might have heard of uh, alpha males and beta males. And so, right. you know, beta males are getting a, a lot of flack today from men, from other men who are like, what are you doing? You're giving up your power. You're, you're um, being, you're being... Uh, the people pleaser, and you're allowing uh, people or your desire to be with a woman to make you make yourself small and do whatever the woman says. And that's not good either, because that will also blow up in different ways. So uh, there's a lot to unpack there, Michelle, but I, I think that's kind of like an overview of the important things that I, I see. What do you feel like um, there are things that women need to know or understand to help men? uh express yeah. more appropriately whatever these emotions are that maybe are trying to potentially burst out if they have just one more thing shoved in the can mm, mm. so that's good for some reason i'm, I'm going to answer that but for some reason i also want to share my wife petia she comes from europe right and so she has this let's say a more traditional view of uh the the male and female role in a relationship a, a mother and a father role and um i think what might be a challenge today is um there's so many different varieties of what we can can do and who we can be and how we can show up and that's i think there's value in that 
Um, but then there's also a neglecting of what has worked up until now, as far as masculine and feminine roles. And like you said, you know, men like physiologically are built to, to lift heavier stuff, right? <laughs> and, and women are physiologically built to, you know, be better nurturers and better right. child, ch- child rearing and things like that and family right. life. And so I think it's, it's really not being naive about what has worked up until now and kind of making this, this quest to say, okay, how can I, how can I practice more of what is worked while still being my true and authentic self? What, what that there's that quest, there's that discovery that of a journey that we're on to what does that mean? And uh, I know for Petia, she loves being in her feminine. She loves just, you know, cooking around the house and, and entertaining guests and, uh, you know, being, being in that feminine, tanning, she loves tanning, she loves swimming, she loves, you know, just enjoying that feminine essence. Is she willing to do the masculine? Yes, she has an amazing coaching business. She's doing awesome in her masculine and building and, and leading mm-hmm. and creating in that aspect. Uh, and I know for me to be the best husband I can be, it's to more help her get out of the need to do those things. And if she wants to go coach, if she wants to build a business, then she can do that. But she doesn't want to have to be forced to do that. And right. so as a masculine, I'm, I'm taking that leadership to say, how can I make her life easy and, and uh, enjoyable, easier, right? Right. So that's the first thing I would share. The other thing with women is, um, you know, Petia, what she's done for me is really celebrated me as the king, and I have celebrated her as the queen, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a really reciprocal place of ultimate power, quote unquote, right? Like mm-hmm. she has the ultimate power to create her reality. And I have the ultimate power to create my reality. And in our relationship, we are equals leading and, and, and reigning and creating in our kingdom uh, for, for our family and for, you know, future generations and our community, whatever it might be. So I think it's, it's important to see that equality and to celebrate each other without fear of, well, what happens if I celebrate this person too much? Are they going to, are they going to, you know, overpower me or take over? It's like, we really get to address those fears through communication, through acknowledging, Hey, this, this kind of makes me uncomfortable um, and, and work out potential traumas, triggers, things like that, that might be eating away at the bedrock of our trust, of our connection, of our intimacy. And uh, so for for women, my invitation is to be someone who communicates and, and, and keeps inviting spaces to communicate and share about what is going on. And, uh, you know, it's tough because uh, I've, I've heard people who, t- who ask, hey, let's say people already have a partner and it's not the most conscious partner. It's not the most growth oriented partner. What, what do you do? And, uh, you know, my invitation for that is to continue focus and celebrate the qualities that you appreciate, the growth oriented qualities, the willingness to have a conversation, the uh, great parenting skills, whatever it might be. And if that person is meant to expand into uh, more of a conscious creator role, then they'll do that. And if they don't, then, you know, there's a whole nother set of decisions that gets to come with that. And like what, what we get to do to truly be happy and fulfilled as individuals. Um, But that's, that's where I would go initially, Michelle. So is there, is there something to be said about not everybody is, charted to take a conscious path mm. of growth in this area, but maybe subconsciously they're doing most of the right things. Yeah. Yeah. Is there room for that in 
It's it's interesting because um I have been married for a couple of months now. <laughs> so Congratulations, been, by the thank way. you. Thank you. So yeah, I've been with Patsia for three and a half years, my longest relationship. By no means am I a, a wise grandmaster of relationships, but uh, from what we have and what we've created so far and what I see continuing for years to come, uh, it's pretty special and valuable. And we're both coming to the table with a super intense focus on growth and being the best versions of ourselves. So uh, it's working well because of that. Now, if you don't have a relationship that has that, then I think it's really asking, you know, what's most important in life? Is it important that my partner is consciously growing and going to these seminars and things like that? Is that something I feel like I need to get to where I desire or to live my live my purpose, right? To live my purpose in this life? Do I need a partner who uh, is gung-ho about growth or is it okay if they're kind of like my rock that they they don't need to be doing all the same things that I'm doing, right? And I can I can have, here's the thing, I don't rely on Petia to facilitate my coaching and breakthrough conversations, right? Like, and and, and I think sometimes that it, it happens naturally as a byproduct, for sure. We're both coaches, we both have these conversations. But I lean on my mastermind communities. I lean on my coach to, to give me that source of empowerment. And uh, I appreciate what I have with Petia, right? And so it, the, the phrase, the grass is always greener on the other side. Um, I think we really get to check in and do an honest check-in and say, am I just wanting to have more and I'm like kind of kind of being greedy kind of wanting to feed the ego of saying oh I could have better I could do better whatever or is it coming from a true authentic place of no this relationship is not aligned with me and who I who I'm committed to being so th there's some subtle distinctions there that we get to introspect into but I think that's the inquiry I would I would say is like what where is it really coming from is it this we're truly not aligned and it, and the more time goes on the more disconnected we'll be and the more upset that will be created or is it man I, I've kind of just been wanting the the twenty percent that I don't have I got eighty percent eighty percent is awesome but the twenty percent that I don't have I want that so much and right. it's like well when we go to meet someone else they're gonna have a different set of eighty percent and they're not gonna have that twenty percent that you know then then we're gonna want so. I think that there's there's no such thing as a perfect person, but we can do our best to appreciate all the good qualities that we have uh, in our current partner or in in the person that we're looking for. Well, I think about this because I was thinking particularly what you said about Petia, mm -hmm. uh, kind of liking to sit in her femininity, kind of having a more traditional role. I'm from down south, yeah. so I mean I've been working since I was 15 years old, so I have no problem with getting up and going to work. That's not even the issue, but I really enjoyed my favorite part of my life was when I was a mom doing nothing but taking care of my little kids. That was like tops for me. It was the best. And being in a position, um, you know, we lived overseas for a little while. We lived in Central America for a little while where I couldn't work because I didn't have the appropriate sort of visa. It was my electrical engineer ex-husband who had the job down there. And I was able to just be a mom mm. and do mom stuff all day long and oversee the house and all of those things and go back and forth to the activities at school unencumbered. 
without worrying about having to get to an office. That was probably one of my favorite times of my life. And I think it was because of sitting in that femininity, sitting in that role of enjoying my children and being able to really kind of create a home for us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think about that also in terms of men who sometimes they're just some men who I like to get up, go to work, provide for my family and, you know, mow the lawn on Sunday and barbecue. I'm not trying to do fancy coaching stuff and <laughs> right right I don't want to do mind valley I want to mow my lawn and watch football on Sunday and wondering if there's anything um I think there's some value in all of this isn't isn't that partly what we're kind of coming to in this in your program like there's nothing wrong with that right you can just enhance that if you want to is that what I'm hearing from you yeah yeah absolutely and and so for the focus for for me personally is like what is each individual's desire? What lights them up? What's, what's important to them? And when we come home to that, then uh, everything else will unfold naturally. And it's like, okay, who am I? What do I value? What's important to me? And if we're living from that, then we are, we are successful, right? And uh, what you're saying really reminds me of, of this book, for especially for men. It's a great book, um, Hard Times Create Strong Men by Stefan Arneo. Really, really good. And uh, it just gives a a recollection of how the past has worked, right? Historically, how have things worked? And I, I think that's important to pay attention to because like, I love all this spiritual and, uh, you know, new age philosophy and what's, what's opening up for us to step into a new age. And I think it's important to not, um, to not neglect the foundation that we have built upon. And so what I I love for men is um, there's a natural bent that we have to solve problems, to fix things, to be strong, to, you know, be externally focused rather than necessarily internally focused. And so it's like, okay, where do we play to our best strengths? How do we do that? And as a man, that's going to be in the masculine energy things. Right. I'm not saying you can't do feminine stuff. Not in fact, that's the complete opposite. It's like, no, what I'm saying is you leverage your strength and leverage also the other spectrum, the other side of, of things, so that you can enhance your strengths and do those strengths even better, be even more fulfilled. Um, and and balance. It's having this this balance, this um this equanimity, this, this place of alignment with ourselves and, and not going too far one way or the other. And so I think when we look at societies in the past, we can see that traditionally men were the, the you know, strong ones who went to work and provided for the family and women love to provide uh, that nurturing, that love uh, to, to the children and be there with them. And so I think it's important to recognize that and, and appreciate that and, and play to those strengths. Again, I'm not saying no women can go out and, and you know, write a book or speak on stages in front of millions of people or whatever. Uh, but I'm saying it's like, how do we leverage, leverage? This is, this is the key, leverage. How do we leverage the things that are already working to our favor and be able to maximize that? Um, and what I'm finding personally is a lot of um, men have struggled with video games and things like that and getting sucked into uh, a world and a, and a paradigm that they're not actually living out here in, in service to, to people. It's like they're, they're trapped in their own mind. They're, they're not um, fully expressing themselves in, in their gifts. And so with the program that I have, the three big pillars are purpose, power, and prosperity. So the purpose is like really knowing who you are. If you know who you are, if you know what you stand for, you know your values, then I believe you're being a successful man. 
Now your power is, okay, like, are you able to communicate that? Do you have a strong mindset? Do you have uh, the, the, the will to be able to get up and do what your dreams and your desires require of you? That's power. It's like, what state are you in? How do you activate that state? And the last one is the prosperity. Like, are you, are you truly feeling prosperity or are you just in the grind for the sake of the grind, right? And it's like, I, I'm here to live a very free fulfilling life and create a, a legacy, create empires, all that stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. And to what purpose, to what end, why, why are we doing that? And so when we're truly living from a place of prosperity, it's, it's not about the accumulation of stuff. It's about recognizing the prosperity and the abundance all around us first, so that we can celebrate and acknowledge that and feel good about what we're what we're bringing to us, what we're creating, uh, and also not come from a wounded place of just accumulating more and more and more. And I think a lot of men have a challenge with that. So um, it's really creating this holistic being is, is something that uh, I stand for and being a holistic version of ourselves that we have the, the wheel of life. You've seen that the, you know, our relationships are working, our spirits, spirit, spirituality is working, our finances, our family, um, our career, all of it. I, I believe to have any one of those spokes on the wheel out, uh, we're not living our full life. So I'm here to be the example of that and invite other men and women to be the example of that too. I think that's awesome. Now, I didn't even get to the second word that you said, and we're going to be running out of time shortly, but I'm going to mention <laughs> what it is. And I really want, if you can, to yeah. share with me why you use this particular word. Okay. You said sovereignty. You said mm. that twice. Mm. What precisely do you mean by sovereignty and how does it play out in life for you? Yeah. So sovereignty is, uh, I believe, coming in as, as the creator of our reality of, of uh, being a baby, having, having the ability to move our arms and look to where we want to look and speak the words that we want to speak. Um, sovereignty is the ability to do all those things is to, is to have an autonomous self led life, self-responsible, self-directed life. Um, I'm the, was, I'm the master of my fate, the captain of my soul or something like that. Right. Like that's, that is that, that is that sovereignty is like saying, if it is to be, it's up to me. I'm hundred percent responsible. Um, all these things are different ways to say that. So it's the essence of, I create my reality. And even though there's things outside of my control, even though there's circumstances I will encounter that um, may not be what I want or what I choose, I will not let the circumstances be bigger than me and uh, take, take the wind from my sails, take my energy away, take my joy away, take my uh, aliveness away, take my um, presence away. No, like I am the eye of the storm. I am aligned. I am centered through anything, through any challenges, through any adversities, through anything that comes my way. Of course, there's times when we don't measure up to that. But sovereignty is really being able to handle the adversities of life while still staying connected with our sense of power and ultimately like what is what is God's will for my life? What is what is the, the highest and best use of myself? And it might be a it seemed like a contradiction of well, what's God's will and what's my will? Are they are they different? And I believe that they're actually one and the same when it's coming from a place of uh, integrity, of of doing the right thing, morality, ethics, and um, doing the best that we can in every given moment, being the best version of ourselves. So uh, that's that's for me the definition, so to speak, of sovereignty is is just the the ability to create our reality, um, whatever our will is, whatever our choices are. And I, I find that 
in today's world, we have a lot of expression, self-expression of people. Um, and there's a lot of people talking. There's a lot of people making noise. There's a lot of people shouting, trying to get attention. And uh, I believe that part of that is sovereignty, but I, I don't feel like it's whole complete sovereignty because it's typically coming from a wounded place, a place of pain, a place of suffering, a place of um, I'm right, you're wrong, of condescension, right? And, um, and, uh, and, and I'm not saying justice and injustice is bad, but there's this, this maybe potential skewed sense of that rather than trust in, in, the, in life, trust in God, faith in God, faith in the universe working through us and working for us. And so um, sovereignty, I, I believe it's, there's a healthy part of it. And then there's this kind of unhealthy aspect of, of I'm just going to get people's attention. I'm going to make noise. I'm going to cause a ruckus. I'm going to disturb the, the world, shake things up. And it's not coming from a place of, well, how do we actually create more harmony? How do we create more togetherness, more connectedness? I know something you were mentioning to me is uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding that's going on in the world and uh, fear can come from, well, I, I, I just don't understand it. I don't understand this person and what they're saying and what they're thinking. And so I think slowing down to take the time to say, okay, number one, am I, am I coming from the right split place? Am I coming from, let's say, uh, Jesus's perspective, right? And that, that place of compassion, that place of grace, that place of, of, um, love, unconditional love. Am I coming from there? Okay. Yes. Great. Now, how can I understand people? How can I connect with people? What, what is this really about? What is this person saying? What's important to this person? So I think first, it's important to have that self-alignment, and then we can um, be able to connect with others and, and hear what they're saying from a place of non-judgment, of acceptance, of, of love, and of grace. That's awesome. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to share all of this with us. I am... I am always impressed when I meet someone who is willing to just open up about all of these different aspects, including the spirituality and so forth. It's, it's kind of a challenge these days, right? Sometimes yep. Yep. to say what, what is really on your heart. And I appreciate you doing that. Chris, tell everybody how they can connect with you, where they can connect with you. Hmm. Michelle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. And uh, how the listeners can connect is my website, menmastermind.com. Uh, I'm super active on Facebook. You can connect with me there, facebook.com forward slash TH3 Burns, or you can search Christopher Burns and uh, I'll probably come up. But uh, those are the best ways to connect with me. And I'd really love to hear from uh, someone who's tuning in, Michelle, as far as what, what you got from this conversation, what you're going to implement, what's different for you now. And uh, specifically, I want you also, my invitation for you listening is to go say thank you to Michelle for having this show and for bringing in amazing people like myself and many other amazing guests that you have on here, Michelle, and uh, just the work that you're doing, the light that you're spreading in the world. I, I see you, I acknowledge you. And for someone tuning in, uh, it's super important when we hear that, when we get that acknowledgement. So uh, taking a minute or so to just say thank you, to, to just reach out and connect. That's another thing that the world is missing, Michelle, is everyone is all about ourselves and uh, you know, getting to where we want to go. And something that my mentor has been really uh, embodying for me and teaching me is like, hey, take the time, in, like first thing in the day to reach out and connect 
and go love on some people, go acknowledge some people, go, go practice admiring qualities in people that you, you appreciate and uh, do it without an expectation in return. Because uh, that's, I truly feel like that generosity is the prosperity that I was talking about earlier. When we come from that place more habitually, um, then it's, uh, I believe the world will get better. People's emotions and moods will improve and uh, ultimately we'll, we'll all rise together. I agree with you. Thank you so much, Chris Burns, for being on Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Berard. Thank you, Michelle. Well, that's our show this month, guys. You can reach out to me online at urbanbookeditor.com or michelleberard.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram as Urban Book Editor. Feel free to send in some topics you'd like us to cover on the show. Send me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Make sure you tune into the show on December 16th when my guest will be conflict resolution coach Jerry Fu. You can find us once a month on Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern at the Somewhere in the Middle Podcast.com. Let's continue the conversation. You guys be good, stay mindful, and remain prayerful. Peace and blessings, y'all.